This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. All right, everybody, let's stand up. I know you're comfortable, and that's what I'm trying to not let you do. Amen. Y'all glad to be here this morning? Everybody say it together. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The greater one dwells in me, lives in me, lives big in me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in my life. Isn't he good today? Come on, let's just shout a little bit and thank him for it. Glory to God. Father, we love you today. And as we gather in the name of Jesus, we thank you for having graced us here with your presence on this day that we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry. And Father God, we rejoice in the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. We rejoice because, Father, he was willing to give his life as a ransom for all. And today we stand, Father, in your presence because of what he was willing to do. And so, Father God, we magnify, we magnify the King. Hallelujah. Lift your voice up toward it. Hallelujah. We magnify the King. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, your blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you've done, Father. Oh, how we rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We declare your victory in our lives. We thank you for victory, Father. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't he good? Woo, glory to God. Come on now. We're going we're gonna to have church today. Would that be all right? We're in the house. So we might as well just rejoice in him. Can you say amen? Well, why don't you greet about two, three more people, and then you can be seated. We'll get after it. <clears throat> Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you brought a Bible with you this morning, I'd like to have you or I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 12. John gospel chapter 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Y'all glad to be in church today? You know, this is better than jail. Huh? Yeah. Thank God we're not there. Amen. Amen. John chapter 12. Let's, uh, well, let me make this a uh, little uh, pitch here. Um, you know, uh, Aaron in the announcements was mentioning uh, water baptism. And uh, if you've never been water baptized, you need to be. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, what about my makeup? Don't worry about your makeup. <laughs> Jesus doesn't care about your makeup and neither do we. We would rather have you obey God and do what it is that he asks uh, ask us to do. Can you say amen? You say, yeah, but I'm nervous. Listen, they got a system going on around here that you'll just be in and out. And no one will really know except for that moment when you're baptized in water. You go right back out the door. They give you big towels. You can cover yourself up. It's great. So you can make it happen. You say, what if they hold me down? They won't. 
Okay, that's another thing, you know, people say, my God, you know, I, I could drown. No, you won't. I mean, in 45 years, no one has ever drowned. So you're going to be okay. But here's the, the most important thing about this. You know, the scripture said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, we don't believe that baptism saves you, but we do believe that saved people get baptized. And all it is, is it's a public profession of your faith. So don't let nerves or fear or any of the other things you know that so often will keep people from, from doing this because it's glorious. It'll be a glorious experience next week when we have our baptism service right up here on the platform. And, and so I encourage you, they told you to go to myfc.com and if, uh, I'm sorry, dot .info, I'm sorry, myfc.info, you can sign up and then they will communicate with you about, you know, clothes and things and apparel and what to bring and, and the whole route about, you know, getting changed afterwards. It's gonna be great. So I encourage you to do this. Don't let anything keep you from obeying Jesus. Are you with me? Because as the Bible says, you know, it doesn't, you know, cleanse you as far as taking a bath, but it provides you with a good and a clear conscience that you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, you know, again, if you know others, you know, that have been saved and haven't been water baptized, invite them to church. Hallelujah. Say, hey, man, come on, let's go. Now, they might not get baptized, but you can still invite them and it'll be good. And so anyway, I encourage you in that because you'll be blessed. Okay, John chapter 12. Notice with me, if you will, beginning in verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast in Jerusalem, when they heard that Jesus was coming there, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king uh, of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young colt, uh, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, O daughter of Zion, behold, your king comes sitting on uh, a donkey's colt. And these things understood not the disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered they, uh, remembered they that these things were written of him and that they should or had been done to him. Hallelujah. Struggling here. Verse 17. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead bore record. And for this cause, the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. And the Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, perceive ye how we prevail nothing Hallelujah. Behold, the world has gone after him. Glory to God. Can you say amen? You know, this is the week we celebrate his triumphal entry as he came into Jerusalem on that day. And thank God for what it is that he was, you know, that he has done. And not only that, but you know, the people were extolling. They were exalting him. They were lifting up his name. King Jesus, the mighty God, the exalted and magnificent one. Hallelujah. You know, you ought to raise your hand right now and just praise him again. A little praise break wouldn't hurt you at all. Come on, lift up your voice. You say, I've never done that. 
that before. It won't hurt a thing. Just say, thank you, Lord. Praise God, you came on that donkey. Glory to God. We rejoice in what you've done for us. Hallelujah. We're here today because you took that ride. Glory to God. And we rejoice in your blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the thing about it is, is while all this was going on and people were excited about the possibilities that rested within this man, little did they know that he was riding into Jerusalem to be hung on a cross and to be crucified by his, his enemies. They didn't know that. You know, they thought a completely different thing. And here's the thing you need to understand this morning, you guys. He took that ride for you. I said he took that. He knew what was ahead of him. And he took that ride for you to fulfill God's purposes. And the thing about it is, is people will say, well, why did he do that? Well, of course he loved us. But I think there's another thing you need to realize because of your incredible worth, the value that your life has. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because we live in a world that is just full of hate and condemnation and all kinds of things. And not only that, but even self you know, condemnation that goes on. But the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Say it again. A new creation. If any man be in Christ, born of the Spirit of God, he's a new creation. But the God of this world is the condemner. He's the one who tries to condemn and to keep people from flourishing in their relationship or in the plan and the purpose and the, and the meaning that God has, the satisfaction he has for you in your life. But thank God he's a defeated foe. I said, thank God he is a defeated foe. So whatever the challenge might be, as a matter of fact, I thought to myself, you know, my son might as well preach. Anybody that takes up an offering like that, he could have just kept going. Hallelujah. But you know, he gave his life so that you and I could live and enjoy the blessing of God. And again, because I'm telling you, you are incredibly, we got a little uh, something going on, um, uh, ringing, if you can do something about that. So <clears throat> because of, um, you know, your incredible value. Hallelujah. You know, you guys, you are, you don't, you don't, we don't think about it uh, ourselves this way, but I'm telling you what, you are God's prized creation. You know, he made the earth and the fullness thereof and everything that he did. And at the end, he said, let's make man in our own image and after our own likeness. And the Bible says that God took from the ground and formed this man. And the Bible says that he breathed, he picked him up and breathed the breath of life into him. And he became a living soul. Hallelujah. He made us like him. And I'm telling you what, when he got done, he said, man, this is very good. Everybody say, I'm very good. You're very good. Whether you realize it or not, I'm telling you, there's something that God has done in you and for you that you need to realize because I tell you what, it changes the way that we live. It changes the way that we look upon life. It changes uh, uh, everything about the circumstances that we may be facing or having to deal with because praise God, he's done something for us. And we can rejoice in that blessing. Glory to God. You know, hell does everything it can 
to try to keep you from the blessing of God in your life, to separate you. And the, and the way that it's done is through lies. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. Isn't that what the Bible says? So he's always lying to people about themselves to try to keep them from enjoying heaven's best. Everybody say, I am really good. Yeah, you're really good. You say, isn't that pretty arrogant? Isn't that kind of somewhat boastful? Well, no, not in Christ Jesus. I'm just trying to help you realize who you are in him. Hallelujah. So the devil, you know, right now we have such an epidemic of people that are dealing with all kinds of mental health issues. And they're looking at the world and they're saying, what is going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus is coming again. And unfortunately, because of the sinfulness of man, we have all of these things going on. But thank God, if you're in the family of God, you don't have to be afraid. Just like Pastor Brian was talking about, glory to God, the Lord is on our side. He's for us. And if God be for us, who and what can be against us? Can you say amen? Amen. I'm doing better preaching, you're doing amen. And some, you know, down here close are getting to it. But a lot of you, come on, help me out here. You need help, evidently. Hallelujah. It'll get better. I'll work you up into a frenzy. All right? The devil is forever lying about your worth and the value. You know, some of you as fathers have incredible value. Some of you as husbands or wives, you have incredible value. This whole idea was God's plan. Yes. You know, when he, when he uh, brought into being the sanctity of marriage for a husband and a wife, a man and a woman to come together and to become one and procreate, he said, be blessed, multiply the earth and, and enjoy life. It was God's plan. And that makes you valuable. When you're there in front of your kids, instructing them, teaching them, training them, showing them, you know, leading them in the way that they should go, whether it be husband or wife, I'm telling you, it's incredibly valuable. When you love one another as Christ loved the church, as you show respect one for another, the value of that is out the roof. You know, there's not a lot of that in the world these days. Huh? I said, you know, there's a lot of folk out there that they, they don't even have a concept of what it means to honor, what it means to respect, what it means to really demonstrate biblical love. But you do. And that puts you way ahead of the game. Hallelujah. The Bible says that his love has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And so we can rejoice in that and we can live as he would have us to live. He's the one that gives us that ability. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But you're valuable. Woo! So valuable. Jesus told the stories about, you know, the lost coin, the woman that lost a coin. She, I mean, she swept and cleaned and she sounds like my wife. But anyway, she's never looking for money, but why? Because of the value that was in that coin. Are you with me? The lost sheep, 99. Now, I know he's talking about salvation, and I know that the Bible says the angels rejoice when someone is, you know, converted and becomes a, ch- a child of God. But, the, but, the, but just because you get saved doesn't mean you're not valuable anymore. Amen. Huh? What a, what a price that Jesus was willing to pay for you. 
Hallelujah. So we're going to honor him with our lives. And we're going to acknowledge what it is that he's done. We're going to magnify the king. We're going to rejoice in what it is that he's provided for us. Hallelujah. People are important to God. You're important to God. Can you say amen? Look at this verse of Scripture. Turn back to John chapter 3. This is a highly celebrated portion of Scripture, but I want us to read it together again. Read it from our Bibles. John 3.16, how many of you know what that says? For God so what? Love the world. He loves the world. Did you know that he, he loves people? that have bought the lie of transgenderism. He loves people that dress up in drag. He loves people that are messed up in some kind of, you know, weird whatever. He loves them. You know, the devil is the one who has led them astray. He has corrupted their minds and their thinking, and thus they behave and act the way that they do. But they're lost. You know, the Bible says if, God, if our gospel's hid, it's hid to those that are lost. You know, there's only two conditions, really. You're either lost or you're saved. Are you with me? There ain't no in-between. It's either one or the other. You know, and people will say, well, you know, you shouldn't even go there. Somebody needs to go there. Are you listening to me? Somebody needs to help the world to understand that there is a divine order to things which God himself is the one who put in place and we are to live by it. Now, if you want to go rogue, that's your deal. But there's a consequence. And so somebody needs to love people enough to tell them the truth. Are you with me? And it becomes very, very important. Hallelujah. But he said, God so loved the world. God himself so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say, yes, he did. He gave his only begotten son. He gave the very best for you so that you would not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world, hallelujah, to condemn it. But that the world through him might be saved. You know, when I was a little kid growing up, going to catechism, learning all this, you know, memorization and stuff, they taught me John 3.16, you know, and it was great. I wish they had talked to me about verse 17. Because I didn't know anything about 17. You know, you only, you only memorize what you have to. You know what I'm saying? But I wish they'd have told me or made me memorize 17. Because God, did, listen, God is not mad at you. The wrath of our God came on his son on that cross. Are you listening to me? So that you and I could be accepted in the beloved or Christ himself. He paid the price. So that you and I, praise God, could have this audience with the creator of heaven and earth. He is on our side, glory to God. He is for us coming in and going out. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. So be real careful about your condemnation of people that maybe aren't living just right. There's a reason. Huh? 
Maybe they need, I'm not talking about condoning the behavior, but I am talking about loving them in their mess. I'm so glad somebody loved me in my mess. You with me? Was I jacked up? Yes. Did I do wrong things? Yes. Did I do bad things? Yes. Was I behaving incorrectly? Yes. All of the above. But thank God somebody was willing to say, you know what? God loves you. And you know, that, that statement, when it first comes, it has a lot to penetrate through because of your mess. And, and, and not only that, but you know, the thing of it is, is when it's, when it's said, it's, it's, it's making its way toward and into your heart, and, but you've got all this you know, baggage, you've got all this, you know, your life is jaded by this, that, or the other. But here's the truth, and this is a fact. God loves you unconditionally. You know, it's not about performance. Now, if you want religion, if you want performance, then go do some religious stuff. You know, make sure you know you got all your attendance and all this and that and the other and the whatever, and you know, you're giving so much, they're here, there, whatever, you know. Listen, I'm telling you, you know, you're not getting to heaven because you've been baptized in water as a baby. God wants to know about your heart. Thank God for baptism. I'm not kicking that. We're going to do it. But yeah, right on the other hand, you know, people say, well, I'm a member of this church or that. Membership of a church does not get you into the kingdom of God. Thank God for membership. Nothing wrong with membership. I'm not kicking it. But the problem is, is we hang our hat and our whole eternal life and being on performance of this, that, or the other. And listen to me, you guys. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There ain't nothing you can do to deserve what Jesus did for you, except bow your knee and give your heart, your soul, and your mind to him. It's the way it works. Hallelujah. And God knows and you know when that happens. Are you with me? Some people, if you're like me, you know, I walked the aisle, I don't know how many times, I never got saved. I did the deal because everybody said that's what you need to do. But it wasn't until I was driving down the road on my way to Logan, Iowa, that I gave my heart to Christ, spirit, soul, and I mean, he knew that this was it. And I knew this was it. Are you with me? You can't con God. Come on. You know, so people say, well, you know, I, I give him a little bit. It's not the way it works, man. It's either all or nothing at all. And I'm telling you what, the exchange, people will fuss in their minds, the devil will do everything he can to keep you from making that decision, but it is the most glorious decision that you will ever make in your life to give him all of your heart, soul, and mind. All in. Hallelujah. I mean, that's a game changer. And the reason it's a game changer is, is because even though your, your life is so screwed up right now, <clears throat> When you make this decision, I'm telling you what, God says, okay, let's go to work. And I'm going to fix this, and I'm going to put this back, and we're going to get this right, and this is going to be better, and I'll redeem this, and pretty soon life will be better. Can you say amen? amen. You know, sometimes you just got to let go of whatever it is that we think we want to hang on to because we think that's what's going to make life. But no, what we need to do is give it all to him. And say, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, take the wheel. Woo! 
That's where power comes. Glory to God. God's plan of salvation was and is for the redemption of the world from the penalty and the tyranny of sin. You know, it's like I talked about earlier, you know, when you're in jail, when you're incarcerated, we have a captain here, you know, he takes care of the jail in Pot County. And uh, when you're in jail, dude, you ain't going nowhere. Huh? Right here, this is your world. You're going to do what it is that you're told. You don't have freedom. You don't have rights, per se. Why? Because you're in jail. You with me? Well, once upon a time, we were in jail, bound by sin, living like the devil. The Bible says that we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God. Oh, thank God, who's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, glory to God, he raised us up together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. Jesus is the magnificent one, hallelujah, who has redeemed you and I so that we can live a life that is pleasing unto God and fulfilling for us as a human being. Glory to God. He makes it possible. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. That's what sin does to people. Puts them in jail. Yeah. And the sentencing is not good. You know, Paul talked about this a little bit. He said, I know that in me, in my flesh, that is, dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform it uh, that which is good, I, don't, I, I can't find it. My wife and I, I'd go pick her up for a date, and, and we would talk to each other and say, let's just behave tonight. And you know that would last about, what, about 16 minutes? Something like that. You have no idea what I married. But anyway, um, <clears throat> she had help. Don't you worry about that. But my, my point to that is simply, you can't... Uh, change what you are. And when you're a a sinner, you're going to sin. Are you with me? The only being that can change that is Jesus. And he changes the nature of man or you, and again, makes you a new creation. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That, that was not possible. In all of our efforts, it never worked until we made Jesus the Lord of our life. And then, praise God, all of a sudden everything changed. And, you know, he didn't, you know, I remember one time a guy said, you know, God is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. But he will change your wants and your needs. And that's exactly what he does. And all of a sudden, you don't want to do your dirt anymore. Why? Because he's dwelling in you. And he's empowered you to live a life that is pleasing unto him. And that's what you want to do. Are you listening to me? Woo! Glory to God. I tell you what, I am preaching myself happy. I tell you what, if you want to get up, shout, take a spin, I'm all for it. I'll probably join you. Glory to God. Because this stuff is worth getting excited about. Amen? I'm going to get those defibrillators out if you're not careful. Come on. We're going to get you going here. Hallelujah. Notice with me, let's just back up here a little bit into this uh, John chapter 3. Y'all doing all right? Look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, 
that whosoever believeth in, everybody say whosoever. Whosoever, I'm telling you, whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have ever, everlasting life. Again, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Keep on reading with me in verse 18. He that believes on him is not condemned. Woo! There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He says, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he hasn't believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and yet men loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. That's a bummer. I said, that's a bummer. But thank God they can come to the light and they can be saved. But I want you to notice, particularly in these verses, it says, whosoever. Everybody say, I'm a whosoever. <laughs> whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever, whosoever, 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 whosoever. You're one of them whosoever's. Are you with me? But the thing of it is, a lot of times, you know, the devil will lie to us and say, no, you don't qualify. Nope, you're out. You've done this. You've done that. You, no, the Bible says, everybody say the Bible. The Bible says that whosoever believeth on him will not perish. Glory to God. Whosoever. And then also in these verses we read, it says that he that believes on him is not condemned. I'm telling you what, we are going to kick the devil in the head today where condemnation is concerned. And it's going to be glorious. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, what we're about to celebrate in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this, this work that God has done was so complete, you guys. You know, the Bible says you are complete in Him. There's nothing that you have to do, and quite frankly, there is nothing that you can do. It was all His idea. He's the one that brought it about. He did it between Him and His Son because men always screw things up. You know, for 4,000 years, He's working with Abraham and all these other clowns, and they're just like us, and they can't get it done, but thank God Jesus came on the scene. And he made it happen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Nothing left to be done. When he was on that cross, he said, it is what? Finished. Finished. Hallelujah. What a glorious thing. Our Heavenly Father, he looked into the future of man or us, you could say our future, and, 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 and quite literally, I mean, I don't know that he, you know, really thought this, but he said, man, now there is a person of incredible worth, and I got a plan for them. You know the scripture, I say it all the time, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We're not talking about Joe Blow living down here on, you know, 320th Street. We're talking about God himself, and he says, I have a plan for you. And it is a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Yeah, you can have hope. In a messed up, goofed up, I mean, weird kind of world, you and I, child of God, believer, we can have hope. Hallelujah. Go back and get Pastor Brian's abbreviated sermon on the offering and listen to it. I don't know if you can, but anyway, probably not. You should have just got it. Hallelujah. You only got one chance. But think about that scripture again. I know the plans I have for you. Why can't we buy in, say, God, you've got a plan for me. It's a plan to prosper me, not to harm me. Man, dude, when I was a teenager, I thought that God had a gavel and he was just waiting for me to do something wrong and kabong, you know, that, what's that thing where you beat the? Yeah, uh, no, it's a monkey, what? Whack-a-mole, yeah. That's what I thought. Stick your head up here, dude. I'm going to lay waste to your deal. That's what I thought. Because see, when you're guilty, and I knew I was guilty, you know, when, when you're a sinner, listen, people know that they're a sinner. Huh? And so I just thought, man, he just, again, nobody told me about verse 17 that he didn't come into the world to condemn it. But that through him I could be saved and not perish. I'm telling you, God loves you. He cares about you when you're trying to figure out what to do with your finances. He cares about you when you're trying to figure out how to parent. He cares about you when you've got a health condition and you're asking yourself, what do I do? He cares about you in every situation that you got going on in your life. And guess what? We got stuff going on because we're human beings. But thank God he's big enough to take care of it. So thank God for his incredible plan. Amen? You know, and, and here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, they, oh, they, they, they miss out on so much because, you know, they're saying, well, you know, you need to give your heart to the Lord and get saved. That's true. But, you know, your relationship with God goes with him, goes beyond being saved. Huh? Because he wants to straighten things up. He wants to make it right. He wants to bless your life because of your obedience to him. Amen. You know, you go, you know, you buy a house, you know, and when you get the house purchased, I mean, that's really just the beginning. So when you get saved, that's just the beginning. Are you listening to me? Because when you get that, oh, we're going to do this, and we want to add on here, and we want to do this, and we want to make it better, that's exactly what God wants to do in your life. He wants to enlarge, hallelujah, the length of your cords and get your, your, your stakes stuck out there in a bigger kind of way. So that the blessing of God can flow in your life. Can you say amen? How many of you believe that today? Come on, I'm telling you, there's something that God has done so that you and I can live as he would have us to in the grace and in the blessing that he has provided. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at this verse of scripture. We've been quoting it, but we're going to read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Read it. Get, get your little beady eyes on this verse of Scripture. The Bible is God speaking to you. Are you listening to me? And I would suggest, you know, I don't know. I'm probably treading where I shouldn't. But I'm going to do it anyway. Bring your Bible. Okay? 
Thank God for devices and your, you know, your iPad and your laptop and your whatever, whatever, and your phone. But I'm telling you what, you guys, you need one of these. You say, well, I got one. Well, where is it? Well, it's in a closet, you know, on a shelf. And, uh, you know, because after all, this is so much easier. Get your Bible. Read your Bible. Get your little BD, mark it up. If you can't mark your Bible up, throw it away and get another one. Because I'm telling you what, this is your life right here. Are you with me? To study, to meditate, to, 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 to take. In other words, what I'm trying to get, a, I, I want you to get away from is, well, yeah, I read that. And, and, and that's all the further it goes. We leave, we, we leave the doors and we're off and whatever. Dude, dude, no. The word of God is your life. And you need to feed on what it is that God has said. You say, well, I do that with my phone. Okay, all right, I'm done. But I'm just saying that you need the word of the living God living in you. And the only way that can happen is if we expose ourselves to it in, in, in large, significant kinds of ways. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? You say, I don't have time for that. Well, then, do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Hallelujah. So that when hell shows up, I can say, <laughs> passez-vous, buddy. Because I got the word of the living God on this, and you're a liar. Well, if all you do is casually read the Bible, and, and the devil shows up, you go, now, what, what, what was it he said? I don't know if I remember that. Uh, I'm in trouble. Yes, you are. Come on. The Bible says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you skimly. Is that a word? Skimly? Did you understand that term? Well, that's all that matters. Leanly. <laughs> no, let it dwell in you richly. Richly. I mean, somebody pokes you, praise God, and out comes a word. Are you listening to me? Amen. You guys are such great listeners. Glory to God. Therefore, in verse 17, therefore, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is, not going to be, he is, he is, you are a new creature. All things are not going to, they are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And now listen to this. All things are of God. <clears throat> what does that mean? That means that, like I said, this whole thing was his plan, not yours. He's the one that initiated all of it. We didn't do anything. He just did it. And then he said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. But notice again, it says right here in verse 18, and all things are of God, who God has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And then <clears throat> now verse 19, get this, to it that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, 
and he's committed to us this message, so we're ambassadors. Now notice verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is from hell, dude. And if you're feeling condemned this morning, I'm telling you, you're listening to the wrong voice. Because Jesus paid an incredible price. He shed his blood and gave himself so that you and I could be redeemed. And it was God's idea. He's the one that made it happen. And so here we are today, praise God, living in the blessing of God. So the moment that anything of a condemning nature comes your way, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Now, you know when you've done wrong, dude, you need to repent. But if you repent, then we're back in right standing with God. He's faithful and just to what? Forgive us of all unrighteousness. But what ends up happening is, is we start looking at ourselves, maybe comparing ourselves with other people and all this. But the devil comes along and he says, yep, see there? You're a loser. You know? <clears throat> Are you with me? Is that the right way? Yes. It was, okay. I'm left-handed, so you know, I could do that backwards pretty easy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here, listen, you're not a loser. Amen. I said, you're not a loser, you're a winner. Yeah. He made you a winner. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And, and again, he who knew no sin was made to be sin in your behalf Hallelujah, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody say it together, I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. Glory be to God. You know, <clears throat> hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, You'll, you'll hear these stories, you know, that people get on the antique road show or something like that, and they bring this piece of junk in there. And come to find out the piece of junk's worth like a gazillion dollars. Huh? Or somebody goes up in their attic, they bought this new house, and there's some painting up there, you know, and it's like a Picasso or something, you know, and it's worth a gazillion dollars. The devil so often, he'll tell people, you're worthless. You got nothing. You got this, that, or another. But I'm telling you what, you are not looking at you through the eyes of your heavenly father because you are, huh? Come on. You have worth and value that's clear out the roof and you don't even know it. Are you listening to me? And that's why when we read 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 5:17, it needs to become something that is so much inbred within us that we can't help but just believe and know, hey, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things are come, become new. And when you know that, hell and sin and all the rest loses its hold over you. Woo! Glory to God. So you can rejoice. You can be glad. Are you listening to me? You can be full of joy. Hallelujah. We live in such an unhappy world, you guys. But I'm telling you what, in him, there's joy. And there's peace. And I got to hurry, and we're not going to get done. The devil lies to people concerning their worth. And listen, yeah, maybe you haven't done everything just right. Chances are reasonably good that you haven't. Huh? Any perfect people here today? Because if there are, we're going to have a line for liars, and we're going to pray for you. Yeah. 
I mean, the reality is, is that we've all screwed up. We've all, and, and you know, and here's another thing, you know, sometimes people, well, you know, maybe, you're, maybe your passion for God has waned, and so now you're almost embarrassed about it, and you don't want to, you know, really get back in the game. Dude, jump back in the game. Yes. Come on. Get on in. Glory to God. Whatever it is that's so important to you, I can tell you right now, it is nothing compared to the glory that will be manifested in the last days. Are you with me? Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay. Um, what do I do? Hmm. Well, let's look at some more scriptures. I still got eight minutes. Come on. Look with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter uh, 2 with me real quick. That way I can get a drink. Mmm, smooth. Look at this verse of Scripture. How many of you believe the Bible? Amen. Come on now. I'm telling you, the Bible is true, whether you believe it or not. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do. I want you to see yourself through the eyes of your Father. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. That whole thing is gone, done. Glory to God. Buried in the grave. Huh? Now notice this. Verse 1 of chapter 2 in Ephesians. And you hath he quickened. Um, it's King James. Actually, it's italicized. It's not really actually in the, in the scripture itself. But let's look at it uh, without that. And you who were. Everybody say, I was. Yeah, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our manner of life in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others, but God. I said, but God, I said, but God, whoa, but God who's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Glory to God. Even when we were dead in sin, he quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved. Now look at, listen to this. And he has raised us up. I'm telling you, you've been raised up. Come on, you've been raised up and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on. I tell you, I'm doing better preaching. You're doing amen. And come on. I'm telling you, he has raised you up. <clears throat> you know, we sing these songs, you lift me up, and we don't even know what we're saying. He's raised us up. He's made us sit together. Now, where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father, isn't he? Right here. And, and, and the Bible says that he has raised us up and made us sit together with him. Come on. Now, that means that you and I have been played, not because we deserve it, but he put us there, glory to God, because of his love. And he set us there, praise God, so that we see to be seated with Christ in heavenly places means no less than to share the authority that that throne represents. So I'm telling you, my friend, the devil is under your feet. Glory to God. All we need to do is know what it is that belongs to us. 
We need to realize what it is he's done for us. And when he starts lying to us about this, that, or the other, we say, shut up. Huh? In the name of Jesus. Ignorance in the Bible is not bliss. It's the knowledge of God that sets people free. Look at Colossians chapter 1 real quick. Just turn over there a few pages. Or in your little device, find Colossians chapter 1. Now look at verse 12. Giving thanks. Now there ain't enough of that being going on. Giving thanks unto the Father. Hallelujah. Why are we going to do that, Paul? Which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who has delivered us? Everybody say, I've been delivered. You've been delivered. You're not going to be delivered. Glory to God, you right now, you've been delivered. I just talked to someone in the foyer, and we were talking about, you know, people that have had problems with alcohol or people that have been had drug abuse and all these things, you know, and, and <clears throat> you know, they'll say, I'm an alcoholic. Listen, if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that went out the door. I said that went out to stop talking about yourself in that place or position because you are no more. You're a new creation. You've been delivered. Glory to God. Huh? You've been delivered. You've been delivered. You've been delivered. You've been delivered. Whoo. Look at it. Who has delivered us, verse 13, from the power or the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. And there's, I mean, we could read on, get blessed. Glory to God. But I'm telling you what, that's worthy of a praise break. I've been delivered. Glory to God. You've been delivered. We've been delivered. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of what he's done. And we ought to rejoice and celebrate and sing and glorify God. Hallelujah. You say, well, you know, that's just not me. I tell you, it is you. If you're born of the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, it is you. The problem you have is your flesh. You know, you're thinking about, well, what's everybody going to think? Who gives a rip? Huh? Come on. Hallelujah. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yeah, you know, the world, they'll think you're nuts. But nobody thinks about what happened when UConn won last night or when the Iowa girls won the night before. People are going crazy. You see the game before that? With that one-point last-minute buzzer shot? The, the place erupted, you know, when San Diego State wins a game. Nobody thinks about that. They think, hey, that's normal. Well, listen, if you're a child of God, it's normal to rejoice in the Lord our God. Hallelujah. You know, you, you know, you go to a dead church if you want to. We can all sit there, you know, for whatever and have our little deal and then we go home. Or, 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 Jane, or. You like or, don't you? Yes, you do. Hallelujah. We can rejoice and be glad. And we don't have to be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why can't I get excited about the things of God? Why can't I get excited when somebody gets saved, when they get turned on to the Word, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they get healed by the power of God, or their family gets set free or be brought back together again? Why can't I get excited about that? Come on. Amen. Woo! You need to shake that old snake off into the fire, man. 
Come on, stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. You know, man, I mean, people, a lot of Christians, man, they're on a slow bake. They are. And you need to get out of the oven, baby. Come on. Crawl out. Shake it off. Turn on the AC and get something going for God. Are you listening to me? Well, if nothing else, I made you smile. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Where were we? Oh, he delivered us from the authority of darkness. Now, listen, if you're worried about the time, forget it. Okay? I'm getting one chance here. My son's coming next week. I got to go for it. Okay? Hallelujah. And he's going to bring it, so show up. Hallelujah. Why, why are these things so important, you guys, in our lives? This, we need to know or understand the reality of what it is he's done. He has. We are. We're not going to be. You know, we look at our lives, and we, we, you, you see what's going on in your life, the current existing circumstances and situations that maybe they, they, they're not consistent with what the Bible says, or, or they contradict maybe what it is. But listen to me. <clears throat> we walk by what? And not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, you might have this stuff going on, but dude, this is who we are. This is what we're doing, and this is what we have, and this is what he's done. And that's where we're going to live. Why? Because it'll bring a manifestation of what it is that he has promised in our lives when we believe and act and say and talk as the Bible tells us to. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? You know, I mean, and that's why it's so important. Why? Because the devil will come along. Don't forget him. He is our adversary. And he'll come along and he'll say, you know, he'll tell you how no good you are. Well, I got news for you. God says you're the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. And listen, God don't make no junk. That's not good English, but it's true. Huh? He'll tell you you're no good. He'll talk about how worthless you are. He'll tell you how, you know, God doesn't love you and your life doesn't matter and you can't get it right and you'll never succeed. I'm telling you, every one of those lines are right out of the pit of hell. Because you are good and you do matter. And God does have a plan for your life. And glory to God, we're going to have all that heaven has for us in this life. Can you say amen? Because I'm telling you, God is a good God. He's already done everything that needs to be done. All of this was his idea. So I tell you what, you can rejoice. Can you say amen? amen. And you can be blessed. Glory to God coming in and going out. And so if condemnation and all of that's been your, uh, uh, what it is that you've been feeding on, listen, forget it. And real, real, I'm closing, okay? I'm closing. I think I've told you that three or four times now. But I am, sometime. Story of the woman that was taken in adultery. You got time for this real quick? Look at it. Just turn over to uh, John chapter 8 with me and then we'll close. I promise. John chapter 8. Notice this story. I tell you, this is so beautiful, you guys. This ought to bless you big time. Hallelujah. Look at this. John chapter 8. 
<clears throat> Jesus came to the Mount of Olives in verse 1. Verse 2, early in the morning he came again to the temple and all the people came to him. And he sat down and he began to teach them the word. He began to teach them the word. He began to teach them the word. You know the Holy Ghost wants to teach you the word. But he needs to have an opportunity. Amen. In verse uh, 3, the scribes and Pharisees uh, brought to him a woman taken in adultery. And then they, when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, I want you in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, I want you to, right after the word now, put a comma. Because I want you to understand the emotion of this. You know, here's the thing about it is, these guys were not coming in there to uphold a, a, uh, a level of righteousness or holiness. They were coming to entrap him. Okay? So when, when they bring this woman in and, and, and they tell him, you know, what the conditions are, then they say, now. Then they get their little law out. And they said, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And this they said, tempting him that they might have something to accuse him with. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he didn't even hear him. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and he said to them, he that's without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Wow. I wish I could have been there, man. I mean, so stinking powerful. All right, great. Whichever one of you is without sin, you start the deal. Now, notice what it then goes on to say. And uh, verse 9, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, when, uh, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus lifted himself back up off the ground, he saw no, no one but the woman. And so he said, now this is so beautiful, you guys. He said, where are, woman, he said, where are those thine accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. God is not a condemner. He doesn't condone behavior that, that we as human beings practice. But I'm telling you what, he loves you. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know, you know, what, you know, any of this. But I do believe with all my heart that I brought a message to you today that, that, that meets a need in your life. Yes, maybe you had failings in your life and you didn't do everything right and you screwed up and you were in the wrong place at the wrong time and you were with the wrong, she was with the wrong person. You know, and, and, and we want to condemn her, but we don't know anything about what was going on in her life. Maybe she was being abused in the marriage that she was in. Maybe she was being ignored. Maybe she wasn't being appreciated. Maybe she, you know, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, does it? But here's the thing. 
even though she had screwed up so royally and ended up in the arms of another man, whatever the case, however you want to describe it, Jesus asked her a simple question. Where are those that accuse you? Is there anyone here that's condemning you? And she said, no. Now listen to this. He says, and neither do I. Go and sin no more. That's the God we serve. That's the God you serve. That's the one who's on your side. (laughs) Woo! He's for you, baby, I'm telling you. And it doesn't make any difference what it is that's gone on in your life in the past and how bad you screwed it up. I'm telling you what, he stands right by your side. He doesn't leave his wingman. He will stay with you. Why? Because he loves you. And you are of incredible value, incredible worth. And you need to know that today. I hope that you do. May God speak to your heart and let you know how much, how how valuable you are to him. Because I tell you what, he's got a plan for your life. And, and you can't be living in the condemnation and, and get to the plan that he has for you. But you can walk away from it today. I said, yes, you can. you can. You can say, you know, Lord, I come to realize that all of this in the past, or even maybe what's going on right now, doesn't have to be a part of my life. Hallelujah. So if you're in a bad place, let's get in a good place. Let's repent. Let's turn. Let's go the way he wants. Maybe you backed off, maybe you're cool, you know, in your pursuit of him. Well, you know what, praise God, you can ratchet that back up. I just burned some leaves this spring, or here last week. I came in a little smoky that day. But you know, I tell you what, you know, when it all burned down, if, if, I, if I wanted to, and I did, you throw some more leaves on there, baby, and here comes the fire. Well, throw some wood on your fire, spiritually. And heat that thing up, glory to God. Because I'm telling you what, we're living in the last days. And we need to be doing what it is He wants us to do, not what the world's doing. Amen? Because He'll come soon. I was just talking to a guy yesterday. He came out and was doing some work for me. And we got to talking. He said, man, what is this world coming to? I said, the end. You know? And he talked about different things, you know, and the most recent shooting at the Christian school and different things of that nature. And, and, you know, I just said, you know, Randy, I said, you know, we're living in a world of sin. And people, you know, have, you know, been blinded by the God of this world. They do, you know, it's not about, you, you know, your sexual orientation, the color of your skin, all of these different kinds of things that the devil's trying to amp up and amplify. It's about people being lost and not knowing the truth. Are you listening to me? And so they do all kind of wild things. But I'm telling you what, praise God, we serve a God that is wonderful. So if you're feeling condemned, if you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling unworthy, if you're feeling discouraged, today ought to be the last day for that. Would you stand with me, please? Let's take our lives back. Let's get our lives back right now. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Oh, Father in heaven, how grateful we are for all that you've done the plan, Father, which you consummated through your Son, that we will celebrate next week all the victory that we have in Christ. But Father, here we are today, 
in this house, in this place. And I know, Father God, for different ones, challenges have arisen, failures have occurred, discouragement has tried to creep in, all of these different kinds of things, Lord, but God, today is our day to leave them where they are and walk away. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, you know, it isn't necessarily that anything you've done is wrong. I mean, you've, you've dealt with the issue, but you can't get away from the thought of it or the condemnation that comes with it. Well, listen, today, right now, here, that's exactly what we're going to do. So I want to make this first offer to you that if you find yourself in that place and it just seems like, you know, guilt or condemnation, however you describe it, seems to keep dogging your tracks and you're saying, Jesus, this is not mine to bear and I choose to be made free. Can I see your hand wherever you're at? Yes, thank you. God bless you. Yes. Once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. Anybody else want to join them? Hallelujah. Maybe you're in a bad spot right now where you don't belong. Maybe you're in a house like the, the woman in adultery was and you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't be there. And you say, you know what? I'm getting out right now. Let me see your hand. Put it up high. Come on. This is your opportunity to be set free. This is where it begins. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you. Praise God. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want the whole church to pray the prayer out loud. Those of you that raise your hand, you, you pray the prayer loud enough for yourself to hear it. And you let your heart agree with this prayer. Can you say this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today with a repentant heart, recognizing what you've done in giving me new life. Forgive me, Lord. I receive everything that you have for me. I take authority of the condemnation and the guilt that has plagued my life. And in Jesus' name, I rebuke that today. Thank you, Lord, for giving me freedom and help and hope where my life is concerned. I choose to walk away in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for every person that prayed that prayer with that need in their life. And Lord God, I want to thank you that in the days and weeks and even months ahead, that life will take new meaning. It'll take on new meaning for them. And that, Father God, they'll begin to look into the perfect law of liberty and see themselves as you have made them, as new creations in you. Hallelujah. Seated together with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that you've delivered them. Glory to God forevermore. And I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many glad you came today? This morning, we're going to go ahead and receive communion together. So if you want to get your uh, things out, um, you're welcome to do that. Isn't it wonderful to be armed with the understanding and knowledge that he loves us so much and that we can come to this table today 
and recognize what it is that Jesus did so we could be here and so that we could know him. You know, I was 19 when I got saved and leading up to that as a teenager and adolescent, I didn't know him, okay? Been raised in a mainline denominational church, but never had been converted, never had given. You know, whenever you get a chance, and this is a side note, but whenever you get a chance, you know, people that are working in the children's ministry, you need to thank them for what they're doing. Because our kids are getting saved. They're coming to a place of having the knowledge of God and understanding what salvation is. And they're giving their hearts, their little hearts to the Lord. Amen. And it's such a beautiful and a wonderful thing because the older they get, the smarter they think they become. So it's better that we can get them saved as children. So parents, I, 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 uh, I commend you. Thank you for bringing your kids here and your youth and teenagers. You know, I know it's not easy. They don't want to come. Our kids didn't want to come. What are they going to do? They're the pastor's kids. They got to come. You know what I'm saying? Kids are kids. <clears throat> but you're placing them in an environment where they can be taught the Word of God, where God can deal with them. You know, they just said that camp registration is now open. Excuse me, you need to get every one of your kids going to camp. You say, I can't afford it. I'd say you can't afford not to. And if you really can't afford it, praise God, we'll help you get them there. Because we know how important that week is when they get in a place where God can get a hold of their hearts. Are you with me? So, uh, having said all of that, I don't even know why I said that, but it's good. He gave his life so that we could be here today so that we can acknowledge, he said, as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you demonstrate, you show, you proclaim that Jesus Christ died, huh? Hallelujah. And that he was raised from the dead. Glory to God. Bow your heads with me today. Father, we're so grateful for the broken body of the Lord Jesus, the stripes which he bore upon his back willingly giving himself, Father, so that we could be here today and know the reality of salvation and redemption. God, as we pray together, we thank you, Lord God, for your life that we have in you. And it's all because of Jesus, everything that he did so that we could live. So, Father, we thank you for the body that was broken for us in Jesus' name. You may partake of the bread. And Father, as we hold this cup within our hand, we know it represents the shed blood of Jesus. And you said that without the shedding of blood, there could never ever be any remission of sin. But thank God our sins have been remitted, Lord, and his blood was sufficient once and for all to care for the needs of humanity so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So we thank you today as we partake of this cup in memory, in remembrance of Jesus. You may partake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, I think there's a dispenser as you're going out the door, if you wanna just uh, throw it in there when you're done. Sure has been a privilege of mine to communicate with you today. And I trust that you go away from the church 
with something in your heart, an edification that is born of Him. That there's a knowing after today of things that God has declared and promised and said and done for you in your life. He's a good God, you guys. I mean, it is an amazing thing to be a part of the family of God and for God to be our Father. So we'll rejoice together, amen. We'll see you again maybe perhaps on Wednesday night or um, Sunday morning, of course, with Easter being here. Uh, we mentioned to you about the invites and things of that nature. If you got somebody that's on your heart, I know it's effort. I know that, you know, you may have to go out of your way, but listen, you guys, people need hope and they need help. And so we'll just put our lives on the back burner for a little bit and say, hey, why don't you come and join us or however you want to do it. I mean, I don't care. But I'm telling you what, the world needs Jesus. So let's do what we can to uh, get them here. They'll hear a good message and a message that offers them a chance for salvation. I'm glad somebody drug me to, you know, there used to be this outfit called the Soul Peace Band, you know. And uh, how many of you remember the Soul Peace Band? Well, that kind of dates you a little bit. <clears throat> but that was kind of the first introduction that I had. And, you know, I can appreciate, I don't, I remember a thing they ever said. But it put me in the environment, at least get me heading in, in a direction. Are you listening to me? And when you invite somebody, you know, uh, they'll probably, maybe not, rem they may remember a lot of things. It may be a life-changing experience for them. But it's been statistically, I guess, proven. I don't know. I'm, I don't know anything about it. It takes about eight times for somebody to hear the message to finally make a decision. So why don't you be one of them? Maybe you'll be number eight. Huh? Or maybe three or whatever it is. But let's see what we can do to help affect that, shall we? All right, let's stand, everybody. Thank you again so much for being here today. We love you guys. If you want to hug somebody's neck or, you know, greet somebody, you can be dismissed. And we'll see you again next week. God bless you.